1: That's the second time it's done They never go home. They
2: never go home. They never go, go home. Those those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important.
3: Hello there, gang. It's Owen Murphy here with our weekly attempts to make you feel so much FOMO. That you'll immediately sign up to the Second Captain's World Service. Hamer. Hey, Hey, Owen, how's it going? As you know, if you listen to either of Monday's shows, it's a very special, musically themed week as we ushered in Second Captain's 90s hip hop week.
1: You want to talk about a playmaker? Owen McDevitt, oh. Owen McDevitt from Ireland's Second Captain show. That's a playmaker. Play, play,
2: play, play. Go. The second captain's podcast. All oh,
1: five of the becoming rushes. The second captain's podcast. podcast. It's finger licking good. Now, I'm going to tell you this, too. I, I have
0: been hurting, hurting. I because I have been having to tell the truth. About second Captain show in Ireland. Ireland. It's something,
1: finger licking good, special. That's what I'm talking about. And they do look great because we got that finger licking. ass <laughs>
3: right. my and yes, we know "Push It" by Salt and Pepper as a 1980s track, but of course, it was such a banger that it inspired much mm-hmm. of the great map mu- rap yep. music that was to follow Correct. in the 90s. Which is why it's absolutely fine. It makes perfect sense. That's why it's in the 90s yep. hip hop audio. But we've had Nas, we've had a bit of Wu Tang, we've had World Service members growing up in North Belfast, becoming so inspired by 90s hip hop that they've ended up dedicating their careers to working in gang intervention. there you go I go so far as to say this has been our most successful musically themed week yet outside of Grunge Week 2019 which is remains untouchable I remember In so many ways, it remains, oh, just don't touch it. Yeah, please
2: do d- d- to do don't touch it. Like, uh, hazmat only. Yeah. Can't touch
3: this as yeah. Hammer? No, just, just, just no. don't touch this. And um, we've these. still got one more day to go with the entire World Service membership on tender hooks, waiting to see how we close out the week. Here's a little clue, especially for you guys.
2: Just the of the LBC. It
3: just had to be. It had to be. It will be. Mm. But our World Service members don't know it's going to be mm. until... Well, I mean, if they give us more than
2: a second thought, they'll figure it out. But yes, Uh, I know what you're
3: saying. Probably. Listen, if you think that's a bit too mainstream for you, just sign up to the World Service right now, deliver your requests. It's never too late. There's no doubt I've been the presenter who's really pushed 90s Hip Hop Week. Murphy. Daloonies But in other ways I've simply <laughs> Sorry you're just like Looking at me With a Sorry, kind it's of Just, just yeah. me sitting there Saying the words Daloonies Yeah I
2: mean that's There's a lot that's Well, well I mean I, Caused me to shake my head
3: I can't stand him. I know you planned it Yeah I kind of said it. You're uh, back
2: Bagging the table again It's
3: unbelievable <laughs> So, I've driven this, right? I've been a very active participant, but sometimes you just got to step back, step out of the way, and allow others to do their thing. I'm thinking here of Ken's chat with Gabriele Marcotti on Wednesday's football podcast. It was a Champions League conversation for a period. Marcotti brilliant on Antonio Conte's. Record in the champion in in the competition as well as Napoli's amazing performance this season, and then the two guys got onto the Super League. This was based around. I'm going to play a nice big long clip of this. This is based around Florentino Perez's continued insistence that the kids don't watch football anymore, mm. and football has to get these people back somehow. And by somehow, we know what he means. The Super League. So this is. Gabrielle answering Ken's question to kick it off about whether or not this is a legitimate concern of Perez or just nonsense, just, just nonsense justification for the Super League plan that he will eventually just try to go ahead with anyway.
4: Like I said, and I say this to all my not that I have many Super League supporting friends. Yeah, you need to bring arguments. You need to bring data. You need to, and you know what really bugs me. Somebody should take a look at. It. I know it's difficult. It's a difficult to get anybody interested in this because, let's face it. Um, you know, you guys are Irish. I live in, in Britain. You guys don't really understand or have any concept of what basketball is. Uh, but well actually my here. actually
1: actually my mother was a was an international basketball player for Ireland. So, you know, I've, i I'm st- she was a I'm, swimmer. I'm steeped in the game. Now, my sister and brother are swimmers, but oh. my, my mother was an international basketball player. But go on. <laughs>
4: okay, fair point. <laughs> so but twenty years ago, they formed a super league in basketball. It's co- it's called Euroleague. They basically, the big club, big big European clubs, strong-armed, they said, look, the NBA is going to dominate the world. We need to create a Super League. And they created something called EuroLeague Basketball. And they forced the Federation, they forced the equivalent of UEFA to go along with it. Um, and now we have 20 years of data to see whether that was good or bad. For basketball. Obviously, it's a different sport and all this other stuff, right? But this is what, what Florentino Perez wants to do because it's something where I think there's like, I mean, depending on the season, there's like there's like 20 clubs. A bunch of clubs have 10-year licenses, so they know that they're always in it, which gives them stability and financial planning and they can spend more. Other clubs get shorter uh licenses. I think it's three years or some get two years. Others win like the equivalent of basketball's Europa League. So then they qualify for one season and they can build on it um you know qualify on merit uh and they run alongside the national championships and it's it's a good product to watch on television if you like basketball it's not as good as the nba but it's you know certainly undoubtedly the second best league in the world yeah um we have all this data why don't we see was that good for the growth of basketball around europe did it help the rest of european basketball so if i was making an argument i would couldn't I would bring this and Perez knows it because Real Madrid are one of the founder of your league and bring arguments, bring facts, you know, compare, contrast, use data there, show me the data about youngsters. And you know what? Youngsters have short attention spans. Okay. Do they still consume, you know, all this other stuff that goes around it when they go on TikTok, do they watch some somebody on TikTok doing a dance or do they watch some Burke on TikTok talking about, you know, um, Terrell Malassia at Manchester United? Yeah, if yeah. they're still consuming content, can that content be monetized? Even if maybe they're not sitting down for two hours. Well, this is the whole By ticket this is prices the whole thing, of something right? to do. With,
1: this this is, this, uh, this has to be the key point here, right? Because you know, as you mentioned about Formula One and and the boom of Formula One, that's all because of a Netflix show. That's It's, it's literally that that show has. has has resurrected the sport of Formula 1 or or has dragged it out of this kind of weird obscurity it was in, just spanning, this globe-spanning obscurity of Formula 1. And now it's like, has, you know, this sort of new generation of fans and all all this buzz around it. That's what Real Madrid maybe should be looking at. Like, I mean, actually turning the club into a telenovela. Like, I... I remember Richard Arnold years ago saying, describing Manchester United as we're the biggest soap opera in the world and looking quite pleased with himself as he said it. And now I'm thinking, no, you actually need to, you need to make an actual soap opera. You, you need to take it a step further and make an actual show. You can actually, I even have a name for it. House of the Devil, right? Call it House <laughs> of the Devil and just, and do like 10 or 12 episodes a season or whatever. And this is actually, the th- that's where the growth is. If you, if you want to get people interested in your sport, then actually you just need narrative rather than like a change of competitions. It's so, just a,
4: it's a question of sculpting new narratives. I agree with that. Um, I also think, and I'm told, and again, I'm not a Formula One guy, although because of my family, um, I'm... I do have access to a set of Formula One mad fifteen year old boys and girls. Mm. Um, My family, my my daughter and her friends, Uh, and I also speak to, in my reporting, marketing people who who look at the success of Formula One and ask themselves, is there a lesson to be learned there from football? Um, I'm told that it's not just about drive to survive; it's about the way they use clips on social media. It's about the way they put data on the screen and people are into it. And, you know, the fact that it looks like a video game whatever. Right. Um, I'm told there's more to it. But Drive to Survival also was a big part. But I take your point about the narrative. But the question, though, is do we already have a natural, organic narrative around these clubs? Right. In the form of, of of forums and TikTok videos and talk talk radio and the internet and whatever and people talking about the clubs, or do we need an actual formal narrative like you know, um, the, the like like the the Amazon series on 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 City, um, or or you know the Sunderland till I die or even Freaking Wrexham, yeah. Like, does that actually help? Because
1: well, well, the, yeah, sorry, go on.
4: I, I, I'll tell you this, right? People have been doing stuff like that for a number of years now mm. and i'm not sure it moves a needle right so all or nothing yeah it's cool to give to see the thing pep Guardiola gives the little speech but i kind of feel like everybody's done that you know juventus spend a ton of money on a big series like this i think i can't remember if it was netflix or amazon i think I don't it was think amazon it yeah. moved, uh, did it move the needle at all You know, when editorial controls with the club anyway, yeah, yeah, it's a curiosity. You watch it. Like, you know, you might have watched the Neymar documentary or the Pogba one, but in the end, you know, does that make the difference? Um, I think it's going to... I think this idea of kind of turning it into continuous narrative, I think it works for a while. Um, It's what WWE has been doing for years. Um, I, I don't know if that necessarily moves the needle. The other thing, too, is I'm assuming... When you were eighteen, and this is a fun exercise, you can all play at home. If you ask yourself the ten things that you were into for entertainment, what you like to do with your spare time when you were eighteen years old, versus you know ten years later, however old you are now, and how many of those things are still the same, I'm going to guess, Ken, that you probably dress def- differently than you were than you did when you were eighteen. Yes, your musical tastes have probably changed as well. No, not really. Okay. There. Um, they remained lodged in the past. But there's, there's probably mine too, to be fair, but there's probably some things that you simply outgrow yeah, and that you were into then and you're not into now. And I'm not suggesting that formula one fans are going to outgrow this, but I think we need to think about this. You know, we can't, we can't talk about young people as like, Oh yeah, look, they, you know, like front Perez always brings up freaking Fortnite as if it's like the only video game he's ever heard of. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't know, do the kids still play Fortnite? Is Fortnite still a thing the way it was 10 years ago when people first started talking about it? Um, people grow up, right? Mm-hmm. People have gamed online, I think, for the past 15 years, right? Yeah. So, in terms of network gaming and whatever and the gamer chairs and all this crap, right? Okay, so the guys who were doing it when they were 18, and they're now in their early 30s. Are they still doing it? Have they moved on to something else? Because in the end, when you're talking about selling a sport, whether it's Formula One and, and the sponsorships and the brands and, uh, or, or whether you know, you're talking about buying tickets to the Champions League final, Real Madrid v. Liverpool, you're pitching to people with money because those tickets cost a lot of money. So you need to find something that hooks the kids, but that they're going to stay with so that when they become old enough that they can afford to buy your tickets and your hospitality package and you know buy that Rolex that's on the back of the Formula 1 car um that they can still afford it
3: yeah, there was a lot of love for Marcotti from our members after that chat and a certain amount of grudging respect for Ken for standing his ground on the basketball
2: <laughs> score. <laughs> yeah. Well, a mum played for Ireland. Oh, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a killer own. You know, you, you actually just can't pass up that the, I chance ever, to stick it to like Marcotti. <laughs> <that>. Marcotti eventually,
3: <laughs> mm, fair point. Marcotti, a man who's never backed down in any argument, no. <laughs> has, has to concede that if your mother played <laughs> basketball for, for our country, then yeah. you're, not, you're not totally clueless on it. And he, I mean, he has to even seen Ken in all his basketball garb. His and uh, various NBA. Well, I mean he has, met Ken, merch. So if, yeah, he has met Ken Yeah, if he's met Ken then he's
2: he's yeah. definitely seen him wear some uh, NBA gear. Here's
3: a little more Ken on the spoil Sport Pep Guardiola hauling Erling Haaland off Erling ha- Hauling Haaland. There was a pun there that I could have scripted in advance but no, I'm going to try to work well my, to, my way through to, to pronounce both words correctly so After close together. scoring another two goals in 45 minutes. Oh, he's something! I'm Fused taking face. him off at half
1: time. I mean, if, if he, if he scores a what fourth you guys hat like, trick, less Harland. <laughs> it was going to be a fourth hat trick. Yeah. Clearly, probably four goals yeah. in 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 how many nine matches or whatever it is. Insane uh, yeah. since he scored his first hat trick. I mean, uh, not that that's not the total number of these, but but. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the second goal. I mean, the point about the second goal, obviously, is to tap it into an empty net, But it's like, how does the ball just magnetically Falls end up with... on his foot? You know, yeah, like yeah. it's just... And this was uh, Grealish after the game. Um, Grealish, who also played really well, even even got a, an unbelievable from Pep. <laughs> uh, so things have, are starting to fall into place for him. I mean, I think it's it's obviously like... Holland is the sun shining down and all the little flowers in the garden are, are blossoming, right? But like, Erling has brought the sun and no, no one's looking at Grealish anymore going oh you know why do we yeah. pay 100 million for this guy and he's actually playing really well now mm. um, and, and
2: Pep in his little glass house going, well you know with a lot of work uh, actually my flowers are looking uh, quite nice Pep Dan, Dan Dan like, oh, I'm the sun I, I shine on these flowers and they have rise to previously unprecedented heights but you know your little experiment there in the glass house that's, that's good for you I too like your, well I, l- done, I you like know? your
3: little straw hat Pep you don't sound too sympathetic to the plight of poor Jack Grealish there, Murph.
2: No, well, Jack Grealish is having literally the time of his life. Just answering questions about yeah. Haaland all day long. Pep, it's Pep Guardiola I feel sorry for. I really do feel sorry for him. I mean, it's, this, is, this is actually humiliating what's happening to Pep Guardiola at the moment. <laughs> all you had to do was spend some of that money on, a, on the best player in the world and then you're going to win the Champions League. Why didn't you think of this before, Pep?
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com achieve today. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. Stupendous.
2: Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I'm not bumping them up, I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my
3: observations,
1: they are amazing. stupendous, stupendous. stupendous.
3: stupendous. Now allow me to take you on a little trip down memory lane. I'm sure that'll take some of you back to Saturday nights in the early 90s watching ITV's The Big Fight. I can already picture Jim Rosendahl setting the scene for the latest British boxing mega-fight. Of all the rivalries at the final the era, none was more compelling than that of Nigel Benn and Chris Eubank, who fought for the first time in November 1990 and then a rematch in 93. Almost 29 years to the day from that rematch. Their sons, Chris Eubank Jr. and Connor Benn, are due to take up the family feud at the O2 Arena on Saturday night, until a little spanner was thrown into the works, courtesy of just a little positive dope test mm. for one of the combatants, Conor Ben, who, who I should I should say protests his innocence, says he's a clean athlete, just to put all those qualifi- legal qualifiers in there that yeah. I have in the original broadcast, Murph.
2: And, you know, it just comes down to whether this matters or not, <laughs> you know? It sounds like it should matter, doesn't it? And yet... Well, and yet, oh, and there are people out there that might be inclined to tell you, yeah,
0: come on. Both guys signed up to a multitude of testing for this fight. The UCAD testing, which is obviously the testing agency that the British Boxing Border Control use and are governed by, have all been clear and negative. And there was an adverse finding on a Varda test previously. So there's not been an official doping violation. There's a process that has to be gone through. Conor is not suspended by the British Boxing Board Control. Ultimately, he can't be because he's passed all the, the tests from UCAD. But clearly, the British Boxing Board Control will take a position on it, will deal with the lawyers. Both camps have been made aware, of course, previously to the, the article coming out about the situation, and both camps prepared to progress with the fight. But ultimately, the conversations have to be had with the lawyers and the teams and the British Boxing Board Control.
3: Yeah, the problem when you're Eddie Hearn and you do around a 1,000 social media interviews a day is someone is always going to dredge up an old clip.
0: I don't need to save money. I want to put on good fights. So that was a good fight for the zone. So I'm disappointed. But what is the point in signing up for drug testing if when you fail, everyone just goes, oh, don't worry about it, just let him fight, you know? Yeah. So and, are you, and, and the, the argument of, well, it's all right with you, Ked, It's totally irrelevant. You've signed drug testing with Varda. The best testing agency, in my opinion, in the sport.
3: (laughs) The best testing agency in the sport. Just not the most relevant
2: one this week to. But that was his. He was just speaking his truth that week. It's true. This week, it's a totally different scenario. And I'm shocked that you can't see that. We cover that story
3: in detail on the show today. So why not sign up to hear it? There's a lot of good stuff going on. Why don't you hear it all in full? You will also get every episode ad free. And it only costs five euro a month plus fat to sign up to the world service. Remember, the second captain's podcast is part of the what's it a guest
2: creator network. network. Thanks, Merv. Thank you. Oh, thanks for listening. How that? That's the second time it's gone on. They never got
1: home. They never got home. They never got home, those
0: guys.
1: The second captain's world service.
2: It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade there's a world outside of that. That's why sport's important.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.